Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Thank you for joining us here on Orgasmic Tourists today. Before we dive into this episode, we want to issue a trigger warning for potentially sensitive content that may be discussed. This episode may contain discussions about topics that can be distressing and triggering, including the following domestic violence, mental and emotional abuse, sexual assault and rape, sexual acts, suicide, and child abuse. We want to prioritize your well being above all else. Please do not feel obligated to listen to this episode if you believe it may be harmful or distressing for you. Your mental and emotional health are incredibly important to us here at Orgasmic Terrorist. If you choose to continue listening, please ensure that you have a support system in place or seek professional help if needed. Thank you for your understanding and take care of yourselves always. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrorist. Jenna and Sarah's here. Hi, guys. We have another great episode. We're going to dive into this human experience we called BDSM. There's a part of it that really has been intriguing to me called subdrop. I'm so glad that we're getting to talk to about it today. It's not something that I think is widely discussed. And I think it's such an important aspect to know about and to understand and to really bring into your own experiences as this might be a possibility Subdrop is a pretty complex emotional and physical reaction uh, that can surprise anybody, right? Right. Doesn't matter how long you've been in it. Doesn't matter if you've never had it. You can have it at any time. So we just wanted to unravel some of the intricacies of the phenomenon, discuss its origins, some manifestations, and then we'll have some strategies to navigate it effectively. All right. Jenna, come on. Have you experienced Subdrop? (laughs) I have, and I've only experienced it once. And it was such a, um, I mean, I it, part of like figuring out, and we'll talk about it a little bit more coming up, but figuring out what happened was so key in my healing part of the journey of Subrop. So I've been down some pretty deep BDSM holes, pretty intense experiences with a couple doms, and never have I ever experienced Subrop until. I was not in a relationship with either Dom and I had a girl date and we went to a sex club and anything that kind of changes and what you're used to can lead into this. So my experience is, again, I go on a a girl date. I'm at a sex club, two things that I don't normally do. My ex Dom was there and hadn't seen him cut off all contact three years ago. So that was a lot. I'm very private. I think you guys all know this about me now. And I decided I was going to push myself and get a beating from a professional dom there in front of everybody. And there was no aftercare. Any one of those things individually is enough to have had subdrop happen, had a great time, navigated all those things, had a great night all the way around, wake up the next morning, and I am just depressed, like super low. Can't figure it out. Just on the couch, I'm going back and forth, oscillating between I'm being super cold, I'm super hot, I'm shivering, I'm weepy, I am hypersensitive to noise, and I just couldn't figure out 
what the fuck was wrong with me? Just didn't even dawn on me at all about anything with Subdrop because I'd never in four years experienced it at all. Happened to be on my, of course, glorious TikTok trying to just take my brain off of the madness that's happening. And luckily, I am in a lot of BDSM TikTok stories and whatnot and just so happened to come across this one about Subdrop. And literally, it had like all of these different, what I'm saying, like hot, cold, hypersensitivity, wild oscillating between emotions. And it's so, yeah, you're in Subdrop. And I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. Oh, my God. So I spent the day like, what was it that really like, why is this thing? And then, like I said, I've just told my story and all of those things were so all crammed together, just created this scenario for me. And it took me two days, two and a half days, even after knowing what I was going through about two and a half days for my body to regulate. So I learned a lot, right? We don't push ourselves. All of those circumstances, if I had a couple circumstances going forward, like I would just probably abandon the scene because you have to be okay mentally and emotionally going in, which I thought I was. But then looking back again, oh, my ex Dom's here. That was fucking wild. Three years not seeing him. No contact. He's there with another date. And then I decide to go get beat in front of a room full of people, which I've never done in my life, with zero (laughs) aftercare. So yes, that is my story of Subdrop. What about you, sir? Have you ever experienced it? Actually, when I started to do my training as a, a master, one of the master's ladies she reached subdrop when she said that to me i'm like what are you talking about what's what is subdrop and never heard of it and then she goes to describe it it's this intense feeling that happens days later to her and i'm like "Mm, okay i don't know what you're talking about so then about a year later or so i met my lover that i had We had an amazing eight hours our first time we got together and I spent the next three days in this total wiped out emotional drained position in my head. And I'm like, this is awful. But at the same time, all I kept doing is reliving what I had experienced. So it was like that bad. I'm so melancholy. I don't have any energy. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, I just went through this most amazing fucking shit. I want to do that again. And then it dawned on me the second day into it. I'm like. Holy shit, this is sub drop. <laughs> I was right. Re- I was like, we were excited about it. <laughs> I was really excited because now I knew what she was talking about. I was like, oh my God. Oh, I don't know if I like this, but I like it because it was following a big thing for me because I really enjoyed what I was doing with him and what I experienced. But at the same time, I didn't understand why I was so emotionally just beaten up. And it's interesting that but the two of you were like, sub drop, yay. We're like, <laughs> I feel like we're doing this for like, no, (laughs) that's what happens. And this is why. And let's help us out of that. (laughs) Right, exactly. So after I talked to you about wanting to do these episodes on BDSM on Subdrop so that we can help people through it and also aftercare, because aftercare, like you said earlier, is really important. But then, as we know now, it is a rabbit hole of information. So we're going to really try to be concise. But please, if you are more curious about this going forward, take time and learn about Subdrop before you get into the scene. And so that you're aware of it. Had I not listened to her story about it, I would have still 
been trying to figure out why I was in that emotional state three days later. Yeah. Information is power. And I think it's really important. It's so titillating and so fun. And most of us come into this newbies, right? Obviously, we're all newbies when we come into it. But what I mean is we don't necessarily hook up with a dom that's been in it for a long time or get into this scene that everybody's been in it for a long time. And there's all these conversations. It's generally something that you fall into with a partner and you're testing it out and you're figuring it out on both ends. As you grow, that's one thing, right? You're going to have more community. You're going to have more discussions. You're going to have whatever. But step drop is something that can happen from the very first get, right? So I think that's why it's important to talk about it. And just, again, I don't think I ever, and I've had, I have a massively wonderful community, massively. And I don't feel like, of course, it came from the swinger side. So my BDSM side, you're way more plugged in for community than I am. Right. That being said, and I'm not like, oh, I've been doing this for four years, but I've been doing this for four years and it just wasn't really something. It was like a glancing conversation of, oh God, yeah, have you ever? But it was never like this big conversation. Again, education is important. And that's really what I wanted to do today with this whole thing. And I'm so glad that you've been as interested as I am. I'm so excited. Let's go ahead and go down this rabbit hole together and explore what we've learned. And I think what is a really good foundation for helping you understand that this is a possibility or you might have experienced it and not know what it was. Yeah. Um, If you've ever had an intense scene, you don't have to be in the BDSM in doing the research. You don't have to be doing a pronounced scene to experience this. Maybe you had a really good lovemaking session and you really found some really core intimate pieces and you were depressed for a couple of days. It might be associated with subdrop. Yeah, for sure. That because your body is trying to recover. But what is subdrop, Jenna? So the official terms. The official term is subdrop refers to the negative emotional and physical experiences that some individuals, um, particularly as submissives, may encounter after engaging in intense BDSM activities and scenes, as we've said. It's characterized by a sudden shift from a heightened state of arousal, excitement, or subspace into feelings of sadness, melancholy, anxiety, or physical exhaustion. And there's two types. There's the emotional subdrop, and then there's a chemical subdrop. The emotional is, it primarily involves a person's emotional state, right? It encompasses the feelings of the sadness, the vulnerability, regret, whatever, shame, right? Why, why do I like this? Why do I get off on this? Why, why does this turn me on so bad? Any of that. So the emotional low can be caused by the emotional intensity of the scene, the release of the pent-up emotions, right? I know when I'm getting closer to a night that I know I'm going to have a beating, I get really built up and I have all this energy and feeling and emotions around. Ooh, then you go through it and you've depleted all of those, all of the ooh-oohs because you've been beaten. So, you know, it can release the pent-up emotions But then you can also feel like really detached from yourself, from your partner when you come down. So returning to regular life after that can be really hard because you're in this fantasy, la la, and maybe you trance out like I do. And now it's crashing back down to reality where it's, oh, fuck, I got to deal with this. The other part of the subdrop is the chemical, like I said. And there's uh, physiological aspects of the drop, and it's related to the chemical processes. 
Generally during a BDSM scene, the body will release endorphins, adrenaline, and other feel-good hormones contributing to the heightened sense of the pleasure and euphoria. But once the scene is done, the chemical levels can rapidly decline. It can lead to fatigue, irritability, depression, as we've discussed. And it's influenced by the body's hormonal responses and can definitely be exacerbated by factors like your physical exertion and the duration of the scene. In both forms of subdrop, the individual may experience the wide range of emotions and physical symptoms that we've talked about. We'll discuss it a little bit more. And the severity and duration can vary from person to person. So it's important to note that the subdrop is a normal reaction. It's not indicative of any inherent problems in the BDSM relationship or the individuals involved. Everybody's fine. It's a consensual thing. And then how important proper aftercare is in mitigating, hopefully, any subdrop. You made a comment in that about is during intense BDSM scenes, subs can enter a euphoric state known as subspace. I love subspace. Have you been there? Oh, yeah, I've definitely been in subspace. I think that's I would I, I guess I can sound like an ass, but I would assume that's a large part of why people do this is exactly. that subspace. <laughs> that's I you think so. I enjoy <laughs> I think that's what I'm aiming for every time I'm in these scenes is I want to start feeling it. When I'm a brat, I don't hit subspace because I'm still too much in control of myself. That's interesting. Yeah, I actually hadn't even contemplated anything that you're just saying. Yeah, I could definitely see where it's like a bratty scenario. Again, with like my relationship now, there's not really any room for brat at all. It's not something that's done really by me because it doesn't work to my favor. <laughs> There's no, this is not somebody that's, I embrace your brattiness, bring it. It's, so no, I don't like it. Whereas my other relationship was very much bratty. So right. yeah, you're right. Thinking back on that. Yeah. I think in the bratty Jenna days, I probably didn't reach subspace because it's still that fuck you, daddy. You can't. Yeah, I'm still in control. I'm still. Yeah, I'm, I'm not giving it to you. I'm not giving it to you. Whereas this relationship that I'm in now is such a different mental and emotional connection. Right. And beatings are treated sacredly. Right. And it's not like any, it's not like bratty beatings aren't sacred either. I'm not trying to take away from that. I'm just saying with me and my relationship now, it's like a religious experience for both of us. So I reach subspace damn near every time. And wow. I think it's just because it's that intense for both of us, it's so, again, like a spiritual thing for both of us, which is, <laughs> I don't know. That goes with Jesus, right? Not Jesus, but what? To the church. Yes. <laughs> We're both recovering churchaholics, right? <laughs> but when I hit subspace the very first time, whenever I agreed to start exploring my orgasms and to do my awakening, when I have a partner before I found BDSM and want me to keep coming or keep giving back to them through my orgasms, that I would have to get into subspace, but didn't know that's what it was. I would have to go internally and feel my body. When BDSM was introduced, that itself was an addictive high. I remember a scene with my lover previous that I was tied to a chair in a hotel room with the mask on and I had earbuds in and he was doing impact. And as each lash hit me, I would just go further into my body and it was so intense. I just... 
For real. Especially with the deprivation part, I could see that's really not something to the extent that you have that I've ever experienced. So I definitely always have music on, but it's like for the room. It's only the two of us. So it's that's an interesting thing. I was I actually have a whole playlist. And now the funny thing is that playlist I haven't listened to since my previous lover. I did hear one of the songs the other day. My whole body went like tingly. <laughs> oh, you're smiling. You enjoyed it. I did. I did. It was interesting but, to feel that again, but, that like remembering, oh, I've been to subspace to this song. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I deleted a playlist that I had prior with both. And every once in a while, I'll have a song and it, it does not do good things for me. Oh. I, it like really fucks me up because it's just, I don't know. It's like when I make that decision to, Obviously, if I'm going to just cut somebody off, it was necessary. I do want to stand up for myself. It was necessary. I'm not just, oh, you don't want this? Fuck you. No, this, it was not good and it was necessary, but I can't. There are some songs I find I have to listen to them until I don't cry anymore because I don't want to be like out in public and have this song happen any, like any outdoor public place and then me go, (laughs) right? A couple that I'll listen to. Falling experience. Yeah. But everything else, no, I've deleted. I, you know what? I'm going to try, you know what? I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to try and get over that stuff because I feel like it's a fish hook that keeps me in a not good space. So, I'm glad that you said that you were like, oh, like I had this experience with this person and it gave me the tingles because I think that's a happier place for sure. <laughs> well, it is. And I, I want to embrace my BDSM identity. I want to embrace who I am going forward. So bringing it back to Subdrop, the importance of self-acceptance and embracing that identity and despite the social judgments a very important thing to bring up right now in our conversation here this isn't accepted in public that we're doing these episodes people are asking us questions it's yeah. important you for know. sure i mean it's really important that everybody on the outside understand that the bdsm community is comprised of a bunch of people who find fulfillment and self-expression through power dynamics and whatever and it's consensual right this is consensual wanted our by favorite word parties but like you're saying, societal judgments and misconceptions definitely cast shadows and doubts on these people, us particularly, because you and I both partake in this. So it can be really hard to navigate sometimes. It's not something, unless you're with your people, right. it's not going to be like, hey, mom, guess what? I just got my ass beat so good. And it was so cathartic. Like it's There's definitely a heavy, it goes beyond that. Yeah. I am bruised from my fanny to my ankles right now. And I have a Cairo appointment and a massage appointment next week. Now, I normally, Cairo, obviously, you don't do naked, so I don't want to add that. But like my massages, like it's getting dressed to your comfort level. What is the potential for that? So now I have to like, I'm going to wear yoga leggings because society would be like, oh my God, is your husband beating you? (laughs) Because I am like, fucking thrashed right now. They're beautiful. I love every mark on my body. I uh, They're painful and they're delicious and they're yummy, but I don't want to get anybody turned in for beating me. So it's really, you have to come to this acceptance about these things yourself and you have to navigate and figure out ways to combat 
societal pressure and judgment against you, whatever that looks like. I have another girlfriend that's, hey, I literally just had to have a conversation with my doctor because I needed him to know it's consensual and I had to go in and I'm not trying to go to jail. I'm not trying to get anybody else to go to jail. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever happened to have the occasion to have to go into a doctor or a massage or anything during those times. Or maybe it was just my fanny, not the backs of my legs because I'm growing in what I like. Yeah, these are all considerations that have to be made. But again, recognizing that BDSM is consensual, it's respectful, and it's centered on mutual pleasure is super key to all of that stuff. And we just have to educate ourselves around it. I do. I agree. As we navigate this together, Make sure you surround yourself with supportive and community. I think I would not be as far as I am in my own play and my own desires if it wasn't for the fact that I go to these parties and I have people I can talk to. If I want to experience something new, I remember one time I went to a party, My one of my dear friends, she wanted to be cut or experience what is called knifing, which isn't cutting the skin, but it's a very dull knife. But what it would feel like as the pressures increase Oh, where that's it almost breaks the skin. Holy crap. She found the person to do it and she entered the scene. We got to watch. It was an experience that was nice to be part of, but at the same time, totally consensual. And she had the community behind her that says, oh yeah, let's do it. I'll show you how it's done. And they negotiated the scene together. That's the part that I love about this is the negotiation. I found that when there is no negotiation, the consent becomes an issue. Like they don't know where your boundaries are. They don't know what, like, I really am an advocate for negotiation and communication, which brings us to personal responsibilities. Yes. Going back for a second and just saying, yes, yes. definitely embrace your self-love and embrace your identity. Be okay with that. Embrace self-acceptance is everything. And it's going to help you on your journey, self-acceptance and just, this is me is so important. So we just like to tie that into like everything, don't we? There's a couple things like personal responsibility. I want to talk about acknowledging personal needs, consent and boundaries, and then the growth that happens for both people. So the personal responsibility really feeds into what you were just talking about, right? Which is it's you're ensuring the well-being of all parties involved. And what you're talking about is like negotiating this scene. So that is part of your thing is knowing what you want, knowing your limits to that moment and discussing them, navigating the scene, really telling on yourself for any and all, hey, this is a trigger for me. Hey, this is what happens. Stay away from here. Do this. I'd like to lean into this type of thing. That negotiation that you're talking about, that is a huge part of personal responsibility. And not only for yourself, but for the person that's your partner in this or partners in this, because you need to set them up for success as much as possible as well. Really taking Personal responsibility for the communication between the two of you contributes to the mutual growth within the relationships. And it's just that. It's the communication. That's your personal responsibility is to communicate effectively for yourself at all times and make it really intentional and important, right, for all parties included. I really appreciate that we're doing this. There was something I heard about recently that is intriguing to me. Have you heard of Top Drop? Oh, yeah. So Top Drop is even more rarely in in my world discussed than Sub Drop. We always, you know, Sub Drop is this is the person that's getting beat in. Oh, this is understanding. Look at all their, again, chemical, emotional. 
But actually, top drop is a thing as well that needs to be brought up and talked about. It's no different. <laughs> it might be wow. triggered differently, but top drop is a real thing too. And as a submissive partner or a partner to anybody, you need to be able to be aware of that and be able to help mitigate those experiences for your dominant too. Dominants, just like submissives, undergo emotional shifts after engaging in steams, right? It's a phenomenon known as we were talking, top, dom drop or top drop is pretty common. And there's some emotional dynamics within the BDSM relationships that really need to be highlighted. We need to address the emotional well-beings of the tops and dominants as well, equally as the submissives. And that just ensures a healthy and fulfilling BDSM experience for everybody. With the dom drop, we're talking about they might experience irritability, fatigue, guilt, sense of emptiness. It's an intense rush of power and control during BDSM scenes. And it can be followed by a period of emotional low, just like submissives. We just really need to be cognizant that tops can experience the same type of thing, right? Um, yeah, I was just thinking about how being a switch, have I ever experienced? Last time I entered a scene being the top, I did reach a state that was unique and experience. We mentioned about it. Uh, I was top topping a, a sub and I actually had an orgasm, which was really weird. But at the same time, did I, I never uh, top drops? I didn't think about the tops in these scenes as well. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It's again, it's because we think that they're dominant because we think that they're the top because they're the one it, it's control. that masculine, no matter what person I don't even want to say masculine. It's the dominant, obviously, <laughs> the dominant aspect where our subs, unless you're a switch, don't really understand that. So it's they're doing this to me and I'm taking the physical and I'm blah, blah, blah. But it's no fucking difference. You have to understand that once this scene is over for the top, reality comes crashing back in. They can also have, seriously, my partner now in their initial journey I experienced that with me. It was like, man, I just, am I fucked up because I can do these things? What does that say about me? So it's an emotional thing. And then you also have the chemical stuff too, because they're physically exerting themselves. They're maintaining, they're much more aware of what's going on if you're in subspace than you are. So it's not, we need to have a shared understanding and support between the two when we share experiences like that, it definitely can deepen the understanding between partners. Obviously, open communication is vital. All the things, discussing the expectations, emotional triggers, aftercare, and then creating supportive environment for both of you. And I think yeah. it's just such a beautiful potential for growth, though. And it's under a duress, right? Because that's what top drop and sub drop are, is like this emotional, physical crashing. And if you can't be there for each other in those moments and have compassion and empathy, you're missing out. And it's going to happen more often than not. So yeah, top drop is a real thing and it needs to be understood. I will definitely keep that in my mind when I am on top. <laughs> yes, as a switch, you could experience top I drop. Could. I could, especially since I'm susceptible to the sub drop. Is there a way we could prevent this? Did you figure out or find some really good answers to this? Yeah. So this is going to be the endurance race for all of us. There's so much here to talk about. So aftercare, aftercare, aftercare. Uh, righty. What is aftercare? I know what it is, but what is it? 
aftercare is just doing the things that you need to do to make yourself come back into an embodied and regulated state, right? Maybe, and I'll give a ton of examples, but like part of this prevention of subdrop, really knowing your emotional state before you go in, and this isn't quite aftercare. This is still, hey, let's try and do our best to not have this. But making sure that when you go into a scene, you're truly, your emotional state is prepared for this type of thing. Again, we're going to reflect on any triggers and boundaries, check into our emotional state, see if I even, I can think about that stuff. And if I do get triggered by thinking about a trigger, emotional state's probably going to be imbalanced, right? You really want to take time to figure that out. Remember your boundaries, remember your last experience. See if there's anything that you need to newly boundary or maybe take a boundary away. Maybe there was one that you don't need anymore and you want to explore more. Communication, again, big, huge always, deal. Always. Yes, whether that's navigating and negotiating a scene, whatever that communication needs to be. Like, I like to be told I'm, I'm loved. I see you. I'm loved before I go into this because I can get pretty dark sometimes in those emotional moments and having... This person tell me before I see you, you are loved, you are cared for. This is exactly what you asked for. We're going to do this in the way that's appropriate to you. Anything like that is going to help me feel safe in the moments. And then prioritizing any self-care that needs to happen after that, which is basically your aftercare. And that's what we're going to go into. Sorry, I didn't mean to go back on that really quick, but I just wanted to say another little, hey, this is what we're going to do going in to try and mitigate. Here's what we're going to do after. Aftercare is so crucial for helping to mitigate subdrop effects. It's not really just a post-session formality. It's really a vital component of the BDSM experience, and it plays a pivotal role in mitigating the effects of subdrop. Providing emotional and physical support after intense BDSM activities really fosters emotional well-being. Again, it enhances connection and it aids in the transition from the heightened emotions to, I was saying, the balanced state, the more embodied state, the co-regulated or regulated state. I love aftercare and I, we do a lot of special things in our group for it. Tell me what your, if you don't mind sharing, your aftercare. I want to know what Jenna does for aftercare. So Jenna, for aftercare, depending on the scene, aftercare is always immediate. It's, I don't, there's no, there shouldn't really be any time. You really need to get out of the scene, make that connection and however it is. Generally, let me think about the last time where I just got black and blue. It was an immediate kind of pick me up off of, you know, it was, I was on cushions and I was bent over. So I was face on the ground. And so it was this immediate swoop me up, get me onto your chest. I really appreciate chest time. My brush was always already laid out. So it's brushing my hair as I'm laying on your chest with just words of affirmation and physical touch. You are loved. I love you so much. You were so good. Whatever that is, and I'm not going to go into too much because it's pretty intimate for me, right. but definitely hair brushing, immediate chest time. I prefer skin to skin contact and just the smell of my partner is really beneficial to me. The warmth of their body is really important to me. And just being held because there's times right. that I cry, right? There's times that I'm just emotionally depleted 
and physically depleted, obviously, but it's just gentle. It's just gentle love. That's my aftercare. And I'm sure that there'll be more. Sometimes even after all that's done, like a hot shower. Right. Because I really get regrounded by hot water. So I might be put like immediately after chest time and do you want me to bathe you? And yes, bathe me. Yes. Take the time, wash my hair, all the things. So that is my immediate aftercare. Just Breathe, Life, Relationship and Intimacy Coaching. Are you struggling with trauma or relationship issues? Do you feel like you're stuck in patterns that are holding you back from living your best life? If so, it's time to take the next step towards healing and growth. Hi, my name is Jenna. I'm a life relationship and intimacy coach with over four years of experience helping individuals and couples overcome complex challenges related to intimacy, sexuality, and communication. I specialize in working with clients who have alternative relationships, clients that struggle with trauma, and teaching communication skills. Together, we can create a safe and supportive space for healing and growth and help you build the skills and tools you need to move forward with greater resilience and self-compassion. As a relationship coach, I also provide practical tools and communication strategies that can help you strengthen your connection and build a deeper, more fulfilling relationship. Whether you're struggling with conflict, feeling disconnected, or simply looking to deeper your connection with your partners, I'm here to help. I believe everyone deserves to have happy, healthy, fulfilling relationships and a satisfying sex life. And I'm committed to helping my clients achieve those goals. If you're ready to take the next step towards greater intimacy, connection, and pleasure, I invite you to schedule a consultation with me today. You can do this by visiting my website at justbreathewithjenna.com. I offer a free 30-minute intro session. Help is only a click away. Let me help you find the answers that are right for you. What about you? I I never really ever sat down and set rules or had like your brush. Never had that. Usually I do like the chest time. I like the breathing. Sometimes I like to just be wrapped up in a blanket. Um, I have have socks. So I I guess socks would be my brush. I put socks on my feet because if my feet are super cold, I get really cold to the bone. Yeah. Yeah. My partner in the past, he would have to put socks on me. But with when we did our intense like hours and hours of play, it was generally if you wanted to keep me in that, if we were coming all the way down, I would probably be so depleted just to let me have the bed a little bit wrapped up with my socks on and fluids, lots of water. But if we were going to go into another scene or keep going, he would turn around and he would just listen to what I want. You want ice, you want water. I remember a really amazing scene where we were introducing new things to me and I was having a really intense series of orgasms. And then he's, I think we need to go, you need to go take a shower. So he took me into the bathroom, of course, took my socks off, but took me into the bathroom (laughs) and then I couldn't walk and then held me up in the bathroom while he washed all over me. Yeah. And I had more orgasms from the water touching my skin. It was, yeah, I was still right now, (laughs) very heightened. We weren't coming down yet from it. And cause it did take me a while to get there and then help me. It sounds like you stopped mid. Didn't you just say it was like, Hey, he was like, Oh, I think you need to have some aftercare. I think he was just trying to navigate. He goes, let's just clean you up. But didn't realize I was still very active. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But then came back and yeah, it was. 
I bring it up because I think the important part is that I've never really dove in and set a set parameter, but I do what you were sharing about the skin time, wanting to feel them. Never had anybody brush my hair, so maybe I'll introduce the brush. <laughs> uh, it is. I've had uh, it used on my ass. <laughs> and then just have it used on your head. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been talking to a couple of friends around this subject, right? Because we always talk and commune with our people before we do podcasts. And, and we were talking aftercare. And yeah, I, about four, I think I talked about four people. And every one of them was like, oh my God, you get your hair brushed. Is it amazing? And I'm like, more than you'll ever know. It's <laughs> the best. <laughs> and so they're like, I think I'm going to add that to my repertoire. And I was like, I highly suggest it. But again, that's the whole thing is asking like, what is your emotional care? And getting other ideas from other people. This is that communication and community that is so important to have. There's no how it's not going to be bad if you just get more aftercare options, right? right. It's better for you. I was so, like, you were saying, I talked to my group of people, everybody that, that is concerned with aftercare, when we go to these parties, they're supposed to bring all their tools with them, what they like. For instance, one of my yeah. dear friends likes a blanket. So she has a set blanket that comes. She likes chocolate in her bag. And then there's always water. So because we are generally, it's a party that has alcohol and making sure that they're hydrated and staying hydrated. And with my previous lover, Gatorade was mine. I was not really water. Gatorade and ice chips. So when I was super dehydrated, even putting an ice chip in my mouth while we were in the scene, he would just keep me hydrated while we were in a smart way. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's a really good idea. Finding out other options. I I would love to hear a, a list of people's aftercares what they would like that would be fun to to review yeah that would be awesome hopefully we get some people writing in and telling us what their aftercare looks like and we can share that in another episode our last episode is our follow-ups with questions and answers so please yeah. send in your aftercare everybody share because i really am I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear what other people do like now i'm going to introduce a brush I really recommend it. (laughs) I'm going to be excited. Okay. You said something about comfort. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm liking that. I think that's part of mine to be validated that I'm not, I don't have shame or that I didn't do anything wrong. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. So there's, again, what you were saying, the validation comfort, it, you're vulnerable, right? disoriented sometimes. So when I ask my dom to provide, or that's part of my aftercare, it's just that it's being told, and maybe you just need to be told you're a good girl, right? I get that too. Good girl. Oh my God. Such a good girl. You did such a good job. Daddy loves you. I love you. I see you, baby. Oh my God. You were so beautiful. It's just that reconnection that I need. So definitely validation and comfort are part of it. Which is, of course, is also emotional reconnection, right? It opens up communication. You've got your affirmations. Active listening is a part of that. If I am not seemingly being affected by what they're saying, and maybe I'm in sub drop or something of that, which obviously I haven't been, but my point is pay attention. (laughs) Pay attention. And it's same for your dom, right? If your dom is providing aftercare and something is not normal, your job is to actively listen and to make sure that your partner's okay. So 
figure out what aftercare for both parties looks like. I feel like my aftercare with my Dom right now is also his aftercare for himself, right? So even if he's the one telling me all the things, I always try and be like, thank you, daddy. You did so good. I appreciate you. It was so beautiful. Just try and give words of affirmation and just that emotional reconnection there is a really big deal. Is that kind of, have you thought about, you You haven't probably because you were thinking that top drop wasn't really prevalent or whatever, but do you do that? And and actually, I just had a scene with where I was the top. I was a dummy and I put my sub in a place that we negotiated. We were doing forced feminization and they were having a great time. They were really enjoying themselves. And afterwards, we did our aftercare. I wrapped him up in my arms and told him that he was beautiful. And this was awesome to be part of his experience. I didn't experience top drop, but. I realized something a couple of days later that I hadn't thought of before and that I'm going to now add to my repertoire as being a top and not being around my sub as much. I'm sure like with my lover, he was always with me. So I never experienced this later, like where I continue to need aftercare a couple of days later. I figured out with my sub the other day that I should have checked back in for the next two days to keep thinking and keep reassuring them that this was a beautiful experience and thanking for sharing with me yeah. and doing that communication with that active affirmation back with them. I feel they don't know 100% if, if they hit sub drop, they were explaining what they felt like a week later. And then that's when I realized, oh, I guess I should have continued to keep checking in. And that's why we talk about it. And we learn- nobody's going to do this. And navigate this perfectly every single time. I don't care if you guys have been together for 25 years and you've been beating on each other for 25 years. Like people change, things change, right? Things happen. And now you get to use that information with this particular person. And maybe it's going to have you grow with other ones too. So I think it's awesome. I I hate that it happened for the person, but growth is important and we can't grow if we don't fail in some sort of way. And it's not even a fail. Like you just didn't know. So now you have new information and you're free to move about the cabin. <laughs> One thing that I know enough of what they're looking for in the beginning mm-hmm. and get their consent and then put them in their scene, having them do scenes with other people and me being in control of you will do this. And they were being forced to do because that's what they wanted. Again, a um, lot of firsts there. And a Any lot of-, one of those could have culminated into. Right. And yeah, that's a huge factor. You're right. It is a huge factor. I should have taken the first as this is an uncharted territory for this sub. Therefore, I should have come back, but I'm not beating myself up for it. I will recognize this in the future. I should have come back and said, okay, let's talk about how you feel. Let's talk about what were the negatives? Why are you feeling this way? Because this was such a huge fantasy for you. Now, a week later, they're going, I want to do it again. When I when we had talked about it first, they weren't ever going to do it again. And then now they're like, they're, they've already done their own rationalization and come back. And I think there's some good tips in there that I, if it's not your scene, it's not your scene. But if it's something that you've always thought about and you want to improve on it, let's find out what was the parts that you didn't like. What was the parts you liked? How can we enhance that, especially as being a a dom and wanting to give them the experience? Yeah. See, and that's all the emotional connection that we were just talking about, right? Validation for emotional reconnection. That's 
everything you're doing wonderfully. You're doing it to the best of your ability with the information that you have. Now that you have more, fuck yeah. Let's move forward. (laughs) So I did talk to a couple of my friends about this checking in days later. And this is not a standard practice. I just wanted to put it out there that maybe we need to check in if you're a top and a bottom. Checking in with yourself. A thousand percent. I have a little piece that I wanted to add on to that right after this part. So we'll discuss that too, because it's not always possible to be with this person for an extended period of time. So definitely just wanted to wrap up the physical recovery part of aftercare as well. That's important too. We got to take care of our bodies. Physical comfort, self-pampering, personal care, all super important. It could be cuddling like I do, a warm bath or a shower. You're talking about soft blankets and pillows, surrounding yourself with soft textures, being comfortable, engaging in your favorite activities. Maybe it's an activity that you need. Maybe it's your favorite movie. Maybe it's being fed. Maybe it's whatever that is. Music. Yeah, definitely music for me and probably like some indulgent treats. Oh, here's here's your favorite, whatever. And I'm a fucking whore for food. So <laughs> you, you want to cook me? And my, my, uh, my relationship now is a, a massively amazing chef. Yeah, I think I... I didn't even think about that before. I might need to add food <laughs> to my aftercare. My have my board ready to go to feed me. Get me my shark coochie now. <laughs> shark coochie. I love that. Oh, yes. Oh my God. And then just the gentle touching. Maybe you have a skincare ritual and hydration, like you were talking about. Hydration is so important. Even if you just go to a deep tissue massage, they tell you. And Cairo, they tell you, you need to drink water today. Understand, drink water, right? It's so important to rehydrate and get those electrolytes back in our body. And it's just important also to remember, it's a collaborative effort, as we were discussing. It's a two-party thing. Always discuss it beforehand. If you can have your little items out pre-beating, so you can just go right into aftercare and there's not this moment where you're left on the floor and it's highly emotional while while your dom goes and gathers all your shit. Try and be prepared. It, it helps out a lot. <laughs> we went to a club once with my girls and we had already keyed up that one of our friends was going to go under the, the whip of a local famous sadist and was going to get a deep beating, which they were excited about. So it wasn't like we were forcing her or anything like that. And I remember... The whole point was, is that we were all standing there ready to go. One had the blanket, one had the chocolate, one had a drink. And as soon as she came off the cross, we wrapped her up, we took her to a bed and we all did a cuddle play with that her. That's an amazing story. I love and that. It, that's when I realized aftercare was important. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. I think we were doing the podcast when that happened. Not this one, clearly, obviously a couple seasons right. ago, but I remember you like, Oh my God, this is so cool. This is what happened. And I was like, that's pretty fucking amazing to not have just one aftercare person, but to have this cuddle puddle and this pile. And that, again, that's the difference between BDSM, right? Like I'm always, I'm never in that scenario where it's going to be in front of a shit ton of people. A shit ton of people are going to take care of me. I can appreciate the fuck out of it though. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't add three or four people to my aftercare (laughs) after it private scene, but I love that. I love that aspect of it. I think that's amazing. 
I think the part that was super, which I think will lead into what you were wanting to bring up earlier was I was told by the master that it was my responsibility because we had agreed to take his sub to the play party and that she was going to receive this because that's what she wanted. But it was my responsibility as being part of the training and the team to make sure she got aftercare. And I'm like, but aftercare? Really? And then we turned it into this big fun event, this color party. Sometimes the masters can't be there. And they can do that by setting up pre-existing like aftercare structures or dealing with the sub drop from a distance. I feel that's important too, especially if there's a partner playing with other people that aren't there. Not everybody lives with their partners. Some partners are comet partners. They come and they go, right? So dealing with sub drop from a distance is super important. You have to learn how to navigate that. We're talking about the lack of physical presence, limited aftercare. Maybe you only have a couple hours afterwards. Time zone differences, if they're flying back, if they flew in and they're flying back, that can cause problems in coordination for communication. And then just All of those things can really be a problem for people that don't get long-term quality aftercare. And again, I was talking to one of my friends and they have a person that they don't get overnights with, but they do have BDSM scenes with. And so what they do for their aftercare is they, they use video calls or voice messages. I feel like voice messages are really calming to me too, because you can hear the person's voice as opposed to just reading the text. And she literally just doesn't plan anything for the next couple of days, just as anticipation for anything, just her own personal cares. I only get these beatings during the day. I'm never going to get an overnight. I'm never going to have this time. So how do we deal with that? So that's part of it is she just doesn't plan anything overly emotional the next couple of days. Again, the video calls, the voice messages. You can even watch, I do this with my partner. We watch movies together separately, but together. So we'll schedule a time to watch a movie together where we just text back and forth about the movie. It's very connective that way for me. Schedule check-ins too, like you were saying, right? If you're not able to be there for a couple of days, yeah, schedule some check-ins. Hey, I'm going to check on you in the morning. I'm going to check on you in the evening or in the afternoon. I just want to hear your voice or extend all the love and all the things that you can through the phone, through digital age, through whatever messaging app or whatever you want to do, but definitely establish some sort of strategy to help take care of of the sub drop when you're not able to be together. Oh, I agree. I think that's the important thing too. And all this is maintaining the connection, even if you're not close, I, like I should have done with my subby the other day. It's, I think you're right. From a distance can be just as important as being right there with them. This has been a learning experience for me too, just doing this particular episode because I hadn't thought of some of these angles that we're bringing up. Also the importance of top drop. I did not know that these were possible. So this is where I think having the strategies and creating the communication today Um, and sharing knowledge and everything. I Uh, hope so. I am. I love this. I love this episode. And thank you so much for going along this ride with me and learning about BDSM better. Like I am so titillated now that I'm getting back into the scene and meeting people and 
doing scenes with a subby now again. Yeah, I know that I was a little hesitant to commit to 13 episodes of BDSM. I think that's just the inherently private nature of who I am. But I've been using that as a that's my growing edge is we have Patreon. People can see our faces. I just got beat on one of the Patreons. Hey, if you guys want to see that, Sarah and I getting beaten, <laughs> go to our Patreon. <laughs> you get special footage there. But it's to me, it's this tool of self-growth, right? You, I don't, I feel like you don't grow unless you're uncomfortable. Like you just, I don't, just don't see how you can't. Like you have to push boundaries to get to new places. Me wanting to participate in this or coming to the understanding, not necessarily wanting to, but still being up for it was like a huge deal. And I'm, I am really learning a lot in our interviews and our, you know, communications around this. Subjop is such an important thing that really, I really want to talk about this because again, it's not something that's discussed overtly. And I wanted to come to the table with a lot of tips and tricks and a lot of information and discussing things that people don't normally like the top drop and all the stuff. So I really appreciate your excitement going through this with me as well. It's been awesome. When reviewing so that they are left with some solid information where we explained or we talked about sub drop. What right? it is. Yeah. What is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> sub drop is just the collapse after a beating, whether it's emotional or chemical it's just your body and your mind being disassociated and it can be bad, right? That's what we've come right. up with. <laughs> and aftercare strategies, I think, is the other really important things, making sure that you're expressing to help one, it will help mitigate, hopefully help mitigate sub drop, but having a strategy, planning your, whether it's physical and what your pampering effects are and remember to communicate. I think that's well, part yeah, of it. And, and having the front part of discussing your boundaries, desires, expectations, having that open communication beforehand. So that will also help mitigate sub drop. So we've, we've really given everybody these twofold, hey, do this before, do this after. And hopefully we don't have to experience sub drop unless you weirdos are kinky and like sub drop because apparently <laughs> you're, you're out there and I support that. I don't understand it. <laughs> It was so bad. I do. And and when I think back about her experiences is that she knew that if she had reached sub drop, which means she reached massive subspace. And I think that's from my original story. She's it's a hand in hand scenario that she's. Ah, I don't know. I want to think about that more. I don't get it. I just I'm having I'm struggling with my coaching brain. Two things can be true at the same time. No, there's no right or wrong answers. It's just I'm struggling to wrap my brain around that. But hey, teach their own, right? That's teach their own. (laughs) And for her, I'm just excited that she expressed her desires with us at that time because she was part of my trainer program. And part of me wanted to just pick her up and cuddle her every time she got on the cross and was in a scene and just wanted to love on her. And if that's what she wanted to reach was sub drop, then that's perfectly fine. But it was interesting to see her go through that. And it's interesting to feel it. I didn't know I felt it until after I sat back. I'm like, this is what sub drop is. Wow. Yeah. I had the same epiphany, but I was like, this sucks. <laughs> I can't get out of it. What's happening? It definitely, once I figured out what it was, I was like, okay, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. On the flip side of that, we have reacted differently to sub drop. Yes. 
<laughs> that we are educated and get into the scenes. And then that way you're not surprised on the flip side of it. I look forward to more interviews. Please check us out. Where can they find us, Jenna? Oh, I cannot stand when you ask me this. I always forget all of them. So we have our newly formed Patreon, which you can go and subscribe to and become a member and get all of our fun tidbits and behind the scenes and videos that you will not get, obviously, through a podcast. We have Spotify, iTunes. We have Podbean. We have our website, orgasmicterrace.com, which all of our episodes are uploaded there as well. And we have a Discord. We're still figuring out a Discord. <laughs> we'll be having we hopefully. Oh, uh, yeah. Hopefully soon we'll be having discussions and include that more into our repertoire. But for now, any and all of those, go check them out. Find us. You can always email us as well, orgasmictourist at gmail.com. Please write in with any comments, questions, insight, yes. like questions. Having all of those things. Um, and I think that's, I think that's it. And if you're going to write in a question that you want to have asked in a season three's closing episodes, episode 13, put that in the, the subject line that a uh, question for about BDSM or something like that. Yeah, that's so true. Know. Yeah. That'd be helpful so, for sure. And I think, do I get to say it this time? Yes. <gasps> I think all we want to say after all of this is we love you guys and go be good humans. Go be good humans. Bye, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and, of course, on our website at orgasmictourist.com. Please don't forget to help us out by sharing our podcast and leaving a five-star review. As always, you can send us an email with your questions and comments to orgasmictourist at gmail.com.